0: Hello, and welcome to the Jim Baker Family Show, coming to you from the village of Morningside, USA, snuggled in the beautiful Ozark Mountains. Today, our special guest is a best-selling author and founder of Amazing Church Global in the Bronx, New York, Dr. Alexander Pagani. Our co-hosts today are Marcella Woodall, Mondo De La Vega, and I'm Ricky Baker, and now, Live from Grace Street at Morningside, USA, here are your hosts, Pastors Jim and Lori Baker.
1: Thank you, Ricky Baker, and yes. welcome everyone to Grace Street. Hi right there. And if you got a spot at your table, we are packed out today. Yes. I think people love you, Pastor. Yes.
2: Pastor I hope so. Alex. Amen.
3: Say it. Uh, Pastor Alex Pagone. <laughs> Pagani. Pagani. Pagani <laughs> thank you. I want to make that. Out. You're saying that's Italian? It's Italian? Is that what I overheard earlier? It's Italian. It's Italian. <laughs> Interesting. But you're Puerto Rican.
2: 100%. Puerto Rican.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I'll you have a away. church
2: in, in New York. Yeah, we are pastoring for the last 19 years. Amazing church, global. Mm-hmm. Oh, we founded over 16 churches or currently oversee 16 wow. churches.
1: 19 we, years? 19 years. Say?
2: Yes. Wow. So um, So God has blessed us with agelessness, but (laughs) I've been in these Christian streets for quite some time. So,
1: (laughs) where is your church actually physically located there? It's
2: in the Bronx. Mm. In the Bronx? In the Bronx, in New York City. Mm -hmm. Wow. Been there for the last uh, 19 years. So, it's been a long journey. A lot
1: of people go to your church.
2: Yeah, we have about maybe close to 300 members, and you know. And then mm-hmm. as well, but online, we have an online church of thousands and thousands of people. You oh. really do. Oh. It's exciting.
1: You know, everyone's talking about Israel these days. And, yeah. and you recently went to Israel. Yes.
2: And uh, before you left, God spoke to you. Yeah. Tell me about that. Okay, so about maybe the summer of 2022, I announced to the church that I felt from the Lord that we needed to go to Israel in 2023 because war was going to break out something was coming that the borders would be closed and we needed to get there because i don't know when would be the next time we will be able to go as a church Mm. and we were able to take in july this past july 93 people uh, to israel Um, and everywhere we went the traditional sites where you go in israel for some reason the holy spirit would show up and we would end up having church there you know, normally they have yeah. the traditional prayers that you say, no, we would have like, there were like key pivotal moments and we were praying for the peace of Israel. Yeah. The Holy Spirit would show up. We had an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit that I actually have those moments on, on video. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that coming back home to the Bronx in New York City about a month and a half later, mm-hmm. you know, war would, war would break out. Now I was traveling when the war broke out. I didn't know until people were texting me, mm-hmm. the membership of the church were texting me, saying the word of the Lord came, word of the Lord came to pass. Now I didn't release it as like a prophecy per se, but I was feeling an impression of the Lord yes. that it was imperative we go to Israel, um, and we went, and then we came back, and now here we are in the middle of a, of a modern day war. Yes, we, we are. We right really
3: are.
1: I want you to roll this news report right now, please. With the control, you have that, please for me.
4: Rage is erupting across the Arab world. Thousands of protesters converged on the U.S. Embassy in Beirut. We're here to, to let the Arab people wake up. In Turkey, demonstrators rushed the Israeli consulate in Istanbul. They're all reacting to what Palestinians call a massacre, that explosion at the Al Ahli hospital in Gaza City.
5: I heard an almighty screak
4: followed by a large explosion. Part of the ceiling of the operating room fell. Bodies can be seen laying on the ground. Children among the victims. Hamas says it was an Israeli airstrike. Israel emphatically denies that. The military saying the deadly explosion was caused by a Palestinian rocket that misfired launched not by Hamas, but another Palestinian militant group in Gaza called Islamic Jihad. Israel shared footage it claims to show the rocket heading toward Israel, then changing direction and crashing into Gaza. We confirmed that there was no IDF fire by land, sea or air that hit the hospital. The Israeli military says communication it intercepted Prove Hamas knows Israel isn't responsible and is using the blast to stoke anger. If that's true or not seems to make little difference. This could be a tipping point, spreading the war across the Middle East. I'm very concerned
1: that this war is spreading, and some believe that this could be the beginning of the third world war. But, but what, what do you think about this this bombing of the hospital? And it, I believe it's been proven that mm-hmm. Israel did not right. send those bombs.
2: Right, well I think what's going on behind the scenes is that there's an unleashing of uh, hordes of demonic entities that okay. are being uh, unleashed on the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find that all throughout history, even in scripture, yeah. up to present day times, you find the same spirit, I believe the spirit of the Amalekites, yes. the Amalekites that are behind it. You know, right. even if you notice um, during the time of Esther, <laughs> notice mm-hmm. the similarities between Haman mm. and Hamas. Yeah, right. The word etymology is there, mm-hmm. you know, and you find that aside from the nation of Egypt and the others that God completely obliterated, you find the Amalekites still lingering around. That's right. You find even in the city of Ziklag, mm-hmm. when David came back, mm-hmm. you find there to be that same, that same spirit behind it, mm-hmm. looking to uh, pomage you know, yeah. terrorize. Yeah. Yeah. In, especially in the city of Ziklag in Scripture, one of the first uh, signs you saw of what was happening there was the women and children. Yeah. It says there were the taking of the women and children. I just I just read today that they were found forty children beheaded. Yes. You know that. Ah. You know if, that, if that's not a demon of extermination, that's it right. is ex- to exterminate. Yes. You know genocidal demonic entities looking to wipe Israel right. off the face of the earth. Mm. Then I don't know what is. So I think the church should not just be looking at the signs of the times, but also looking at spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yes. What's okay. going on behind the scenes demonically? Right. Because Satan is always behind these forces coming at the nation mm-hmm. of Israel. So yeah. Tell me
1: more about this. This is something I, I haven't heard anybody say. I say it, but I, I don't hear too many say it. But I believe this is demonic. I believe right. it's a, a, a spirit to destroy Israel. And in Israel uh, is, was attacked. Right they were sleeping their mm-hmm. people in their beds or babies you know multiple babies have had their heads cut off right. uh, they've been slaughtered and raped and pillaged in every way you can think of and now
2: in america people yeah. are marching yes. against israel yeah um, yeah yeah you find that you find that a lot in In states like New York, I'm from New York City, so it happens primarily in New York. you know, we have a saying in New York, you know, if it happens in New York, it happens in the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, but I I would say this, you can't take away uh, current eschatological events Mm -hmm. and separate it from spiritual warfare. The book of Revelation is found with eschatological events, the end time Mm -hmm. events. And then outside of that, behind all of those events, there's demons, devils, the uh, Satan behind Mm -hmm. all of it. Mm -hmm. So I think if we would at least include in our worldview true spiritual warfare and merge it with the study of the end times, I think we'll become a little bit more accurate to pinpoint exactly what God is doing rather than using the media to kind of filter what we think God is saying. So If if people understand this, I think you're explaining it, but I don't
1: know if the church can accept it. I think this group can. You understand what he's saying? The demon power, this is evil. Are you watching the news? Yes. yes. See, it's the evil. I mean, I've right seen the it. pictures. You, you, you know, they've erased the pictures of the babies beheaded yes. on the, on, on, online because they don't want anybody to publish them. I'm so angry. No. Mondo, help me. Is it all right for me to be angry, Ricky? I mean, my sons? Absolutely. I think what we're
5: watching is the confusion in the nation not understanding what truth looks like any longer. But they're lying. Mm -hmm.
1: There's groups yesterday in the Capitol saying they're Jews
2: and they're wanting to stop Israel from attacking its enemies. Defending itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? I think the issue has always been in Scripture is... The destabilizing of Israel from defending themselves—it's right. right. always yeah. been. Let's remove. Okay. Them, Explain that. Remo- you, re- you're hitting it. That's remove, right. uh, remove, them from defending themselves. That's you know, right. Which is in this country our constitutional right, right. to defend ourselves. Absolutely. For some reason. It goes even further than that. I think it just hits at the heart of democracy, the, heart, the, the, the idea of defending yourself, protecting your possessions. Mm-hmm. You know? But we find that in Scripture all the time. Remove the weaponry from the nation of Israel so when we attack them, they can't defend, they can't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, And I mm-hmm. think defending yourselves is a spiritual uh, kingdom element that yeah. God has granted every, every person. As a matter of fact, this is why the nation of Israel made it a decree. If They, they have Purim to defend themselves. Right. Don't you think if they hadn't been able to stop this
1: terrible slaughter. They, they, their goal was to get rid of all Hamas, uh, 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 Hezbollah, ISIS. ISIS, Iran. Their goal is to destroy Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is spiritual people. Yeah, spirit. This is biblical people, yes, is. and we're in a biblical warfare. Now, New York has been placed on high alert. Yes. Where you're from? Mm-hmm. To all the protest taking place, I'm going to ask you about what you see, because you live there, but let's run the news on that right now, please. Guys, you got a news piece on that, if you would?
6: The Israeli and Palestinian flags flew just a few feet apart, but couldn't be farther apart. Free! Free Palestine! Free! Free, Palestine. free Hundreds of pro-Palestinian protesters faced off against pro-Israel protesters in Washington Square Park Tuesday night. It was loud
5: and heated,
6: but this tight formation of police, smacked down the middle, made sure the line wasn't breached. Indeed, the night stayed peaceful as both sides accused the other of terrorism.
4: The terrorist state of Israel is to blame, and Palestine will be free. The Hamas is not a government. It's a terrorist organization. And they are torturing their own people. All loss of life is a tragedy. But the bottom
5: line is Hamas must be eliminated.
4: I don't know, Obama. And what's the difference? They came into our country and raped our women beheading our babies. So
6: many here have family and friends over there, making the Middle East conflict personal and emotional and feel much closer than 5,000 miles away.
3: I have cousins that were called up in the reserves. I have a grandmother in Ashdod who can't leave because she's too old to move around.
6: The Palestinians have been oppressed
2: and murdered for the past 75 years. We're tired of it.
6: New Yorkers, never too shy to protest, raise the volume.:
2: 600 kids just today,
6: only to wait for a new day of bombings and possible atrocities.
1: Tell me, I, I, I see New York. They're, they're marching on both sides, and they're screaming at each other.
2: Is this going to erupt in a war? You know, when it comes to New York City, being a resident there my whole life. Yes. New York is driven by misinformation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As long as the information appeals to someone emotionally, the narrative is believed without further thorough investigation Um, because New Yorkers by nature, we're riotous, we're a riotous city. So anything will cause there to be a volatile explosion. I think this is an agenda to paint a narrative that is either maybe not well balanced Mm -hmm. or maybe anti-Semitic behind the scenes to paint a picture there to rouse a group of people to make it appear that there's an injustice being made rather than defending yourself is justice. Yeah, that's right. So, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised, I'm not, I'm not surprised New York City protests for anything, that, that, that's we protest true. for anything. That's very there. true. Yeah.
1: They yeah. call it, you know, anti-Semitic, but is that really anti-Jesus? Because I think
2: they want to stop the, the Bible from being fulfilled. Right. I wouldn't even say it's anti-Jesus. I think it's anti-biblical.
0: Yes, yes I think it's that's
2: anti-biblical. It. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, anything that strays from the tenets of the Christian faith found in our Judeo-Christian yes. Bible, uh, we, we would consider anti-biblical, whether mm-hmm. it's in regards to uh, the church or the Jews or even Christianity. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's more revolves around scripture, you know, it's taking away the the you know the efficacy of God's Word and placing it along the lines of any other religion you know just just normalizing it which I think it's not I think it's it's Mm. the top it's God's Word yeah did you find Jesus in New York or or in Puerto Rico I found (laughs) Jesus in New York prison I got Ah. saved serving nine years in prison oh come on yeah so Jesus Christ I was wait a minute yeah you were in prison nine years I got sentenced to nine years in prison, yes. So I got arrested at the age of 13. Oh man. And I got sentenced to one year in a juvenile detention center. Yeah. And in there, a prison correctional officer said something to me, either he was either speaking a curse over me or something. He said, within eight months, you're gonna be a statistic and you're gonna be back in jail. I was released from serving one year in a juvenile detention center and within eight months, I'm facing 21 years Mm -hmm. in prison. I ended up taking a plea bargain of nine years, which was half of that sentence. When I went upstate, God began to send Christian correctional officers Mm -hmm. that began to preach the gospel to me with uh, Chick Tracks. This was in the early 90s. These are the Chick Tracks. I don't know if your viewers remember the Chick Mm -hmm. Tracks. Mm -hmm. You know, the Gospels in comic book form. And I Mm -hmm. would read it. Now, here's what's interesting. I would read it while smoking Bible paper. Oh. I'm not exaggerating. Oh. <laughs> I would rip the pages off the uh, Bible, uh-huh. put marijuana in it right. in prison, uh-huh. smoke it while reading the Bible. Wow. And here's what's interesting. Wow. I understood the Bible yeah. while I was smoking it. Oh yeah. So I started That's having so these encounters with God. I yeah. would I would smoke the Bible yeah. and then oh I would read God. the scripture, a parable, and I would understand it. So I'd scream and go, "Oh my God, I understand this." When I would turn the page, and read how jesus interpreted the parable it was exactly how i understood it and that's when i began to get fearful that god was speaking to me in some in some kind of form or fashion and then maybe about 14 or 15 months later i had a supernatural encounter with jesus he came in my cell Mm -hmm. and he spoke to me on my left ear and he said follow me and right there in a prison cell um i repented of my sin Mm -hmm. um i gave my life to christ Um, HE MERGED WITHIN ME, I CAN'T REALLY EXPLAIN THAT AND I FELT RIVERS OF LIVING WATER, Mm -hmm. BUT AT THAT TIME IT FELT LIKE LIQUID FIRE. Mm -hmm. I FOUND OUT LATER THAT THE BIBLE CALLS THAT THE WASHING OF REGENERATION. TO REGENERATE IS ACTUALLY THROUGH THE POWER OF THE CONSUMING FIRE OF GOD, PURIFYING. Mm -hmm. Um, I GOT SAVED IN PRISON AND I WAS SUPERNATURALLY, INSTANTLY BORN AGAIN. SO I BEGAN TO LIVE THE REST OF MY CHRISTIAN EXPERIENCE IN PRISON and that's why I got called to the pastorate and to the deliverance ministry by supernatural dreams and visions. I didn't know what deliverance was and didn't really know much what pastoring was, but I knew that the Holy Spirit told me, you're gonna be a young urban pastor, you're gonna be very well known, Hmm. and you're gonna birth churches. How many more years did you spend in prison after that? The rest of my prison sentence, and then I got released uh, maybe uh, four years, and then I did four years of parole, and then eventually I finished that, but by that time I was already Christian, so I was already kind of traveling the country sharing my testimony, mm-hmm. and then which led to, you know, ended up taking over a church, well, going to did, Bible school. Did you study the Bible on your own in prison Well, then? in prison, I began to, my family was Christian at the time, so I began to tell them, b- bring me books on, on learning the word, expository preaching and teaching, so I dived into the word. When I came home, I served faithfully my pastors, and then I, I remembered the prophetic word that I would birthed a church. My pastor was moved uh, to another church by the denomination, and then they asked me to take over. And that's how it started for me, wow. which was my wife's dad. And from there, we ended up birthing another church, and now we've birthed mm-hmm. 16 churches, and then wow. we're, all over, we're all over the country and all over the world. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
2: yeah. What a story. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more there, but. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs>
3: oh, man.
1: Do you know, I, s- I wonder, so many Bible people were in prison. Yeah. you you came to know Jesus in prison yeah. and, and and had a deeper relationship yeah. in the prison with Christ.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, you know I went to prison, <laughs> and and I spent just five years in prison. Yes. You spent a lot longer, but mm-hmm. I spent five years in prison. But I I got uh, my I actually got a, a doctorate and I got a degree. I got in in. The book of Revelation. Okay. And I studied it word for word. So, you know, prison can be God's, you know, Bible school. <laughs> it really
2: is. <laughs> it was my Bible school. <laughs> yes, it really is. It was it my really seminary is. training. <laughs>
1: all all things work together for good yeah. when you love God. So,
3: yeah.
1: if you know anybody in prison, because so many people say, Jim, I take your book and I send it to my son in prison, or my, mm-hmm. I want you to encourage them. Yeah. To know God, to study the Bible in prison, and and become a, a man or a woman of God. Amen. Tell me, why do you feel there's such a strong hold on cities like New York? You come from New York. You come from that whole area. I, I'm watching on television, and, and I'm I'm seeing in New York. I'm seeing in D.C. I'm shocked because they had a yesterday. They had a whole group of. So-called Jewish people
2: just marching against Israel. Well, I think I think the reason why um, sin and rebellion seem to be more prevalent, maybe even witchcraft, Mm -hmm. you know, in cities, is because there's more people and more places to hide. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more places to hide. Um, I think maybe in other areas it's more open, Mm -hmm. and you kind of like have to go out there but then you see it in a city um, that's so compartmentalized and compacted it's very easy to be a witch doctor and be and be a neighbor of someone and then and they have no idea that what you're into so i think it goes a lot more hidden and because it's a lot more uh populated Mm -hmm. then they're able to bring remember each person will also have a demon maybe attacking them or living with them familiar Mm -hmm. spirits so if you have new york city has almost nine million people in one city Let's just say, you know, if there's a a demon for each person, you know, you're already talking by default nine million demons, Mm. you know, not including if they each person had legion in there and a bunch of other stuff going on. So Mm -hmm. it is a a buffet of demonic activity, not just in New York City, but in any any populous city, which is why I think um, there's a heavy emphasis of what happens in regions in cities. This is why God condemned... Uh, the city of Enoch when Cain built it, which is why God condemned it, which is why God condemned the Tower of Babel. It was another city, right. city of Babylon. Mm-hmm. See how it works? Yeah. And okay. not that God is against cities, mm-hmm. but I just think it's because there's more, there's more people. Mm-hmm. But then there's coming a new Jerusalem yes. that's coming and a yes. whole nother Amen. city that's coming. So I think there's something, that I think there's spiritual activity that happens when there's more people in populated areas. Yeah. That's just what I that's think great. that's going on. I think the dynamic is, that's what happens. Yeah. But
1: in, in New York, you have a school. Yeah. You have a school
2: of the prophets. Yeah. Is that what it's called, school of the prophets? Well, we call it school of the prophets. I don't have any like, special name for it. It's where we train people that we know that are hearing prophetically. Yeah. We try our best to facilitate that. If we don't facilitate that well, social media will. Or someone false will, and they'll be um, carrying out their prophetic gifting with misinformation. Mm. So I think every pastor needs to be at least, even if they're not called to be a prophet, they Mm. should be prophetic in nature and at least facilitate, nurture, and caretake those that are hearing from God in their church. What better place to be trained in the prophetic and learn all the do's and don'ts than someone who loves you? Right. Rather than someone who's looking to capitalize on you. Right. So what we see mm-hmm. is a lot of prophetic uh, capitalization um, when it comes to prophecy. You know? But I think also if pastors and leaders don't train their prophets, then what we have is a debacle of the prophetic that we've been experiencing the last two years of well-meaning individuals that are hearing right. something but don't know how to filter exactly what they're hearing. Right. So they'll just filter what they saw someone else on. Either Christian television or Christian social media, and then it, it can be a hit or miss sometimes. Yeah, sure. You well, had a word are. of prof- prof- prophetic at, at about, about Israel, right? Now, d- did God speak to you before you went to Israel, or while you were there? No, before. You know, it came to me before. I just one day I walked into church in maybe summer of 2022, and I said, in 2023 we need to go to Israel. I feel we need to go to Israel. Now, as the weeks went. Uh, PROGRESSING IT BECAME MORE EVIDENT WHY IT BECAME MORE EVIDENT WHY AND THEN EVENTUALLY I ANNOUNCED IT TO THE CHURCH WE HAVE I'M I'm REALLY TRYING TO FIND A VIDEO of WHERE I SAID THAT BUT I HAVE MORE THAN 300 WITNESSES IN THE CHURCH THAT CAN VERIFY THAT I RELEASED IT AS A PROPHETIC word. I SAID THERE'S A WAR THAT'S COMING Mm. I SAID AND WHEN WE LEAVE I'M NOT SURE WHEN THE BORDERS ARE GOING TO OPEN AGAIN FOR THE CHRISTIAN CHURCHES TO GO ON PILGRIMAGES INTO THE LAND OF ISRAEL WE NEED TO GO NOW WHO'S COMING Wow. And I didn't know. I thought maybe a small group of maybe 30 or 40. Mm-hmm. We had 115 people respond which narrowed down to 93 people, mm. and I didn't know anything. We just went over there, and next thing you know, we went for, we went for a normal pilgrimage, mm-hmm. and now we're having all of these prophetic encounters, and trust me, when we were out there, the devil rose his ugly mm. head, even yes. within our group. From of the moment course. we got there, everything was going wrong that could go wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <We> <laughs> so
3: understand. then we figured it out. We figured yeah. it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> we figured yeah. it out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Why do prophets <laughs> get attacked, and what? In the church today, I, I would—I'm not even—I'm just guessing. Half the church doesn't believe in prophets,
2: well, and I, we have a network
1: yeah. called the Voice of the Prophets. We, I know we believe <laughs> in the how prophets. Ironic, right? We <laughs> believe in the prophets, and we believe that God wants to use. He says He, he doesn't do anything that He doesn't tell His prophets.
2: Right. right. I think it's probably—I talk about. This frequently all the time. I really think it's just misinformation. There's a difference between being prophetic mm-hmm. and then the office of a prophet. So, mm-hmm. as a Christian church, we have to be prophetic. Mm-hmm. You know, es- eschatology yes. is all about. Prophecy, You know what I'm saying? It actually says it. It's the spirit of prophecy. That's the testimony right. of Jesus is the spirit, spirit of prophecy. prophecy. The book of Revelation is completely prophetic. Mm-hmm. I think what people have a problem is, is individuals yeah. calling themselves a prophet. Mm-hmm. And I just think, if I could just be very honest, because yeah. I'm known Thanks. for being brutally honest, we is, like that. I think it's a religious <laughs> spirit.
3: Yeah, I do too.
2: I think it's a religious totally. spirit of modern evangelicalism mm-hmm. um, that hates the prophetic, you know, um, right. that has either taken some of the mistakes that the prophets have gone by, mm-hmm. have done, which mm. it happens at times, and they kind of use that as a catalyst to say, you see, there's no such thing yeah. as modern day prophets. Mm. So what they end up doing is da- what I call damage control. Yeah. In trying to protect the church from false prophecy and false prophets, we actually have closed the door to true prophets and mm. true pro- prophetic mm. utterances. Wow. So I think it's a religious spirit, intentional and sometimes unintentional, that's what happens. But, but there is a group of prophets that, Their words have not fallen to the ground. Mm -hmm. And maybe we could kind of flesh that out as the interview goes on, but Mm -hmm. I think it's Mm -hmm. really that. I think it's just damage control and our desire to um to protect the church from something that's false, we blocked out that which is good Mm -hmm. and true. Wow. What's happening in Israel
1: is in the Bible. Yes. If you ever need prophets today to interpret the Bible, we need them now. And you need to be reading your Bible and find out what God says is supposed to happen in Israel. It's all talked about. God, God says, I don't want anything to catch you unaware. Did you know that? Yeah. He wants us to know everything. God is a know. Can I say that? He's a know all God. God yes. knows all. Amen. And he wants to tell you all. Yes. Be a friend of God. Amen. Because God knows all. And I believe that what we're living in right now. Is so biblical. Lori, y- y- would you tell the people what it's like to live with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> you mean during right now? Us. Oh, <laughs> there are no words, <laughs> and I'm, I'm supposed to talk for a living. Okay, um, really, there are no words. It's it's um, it's been the last. you mean, the last few weeks as yeah, far as the only, war. Yeah. Well, to live with a prophet, you know, a prophet type person, somebody like Jim Baker, um, is very, you have to be very um, in tune with the Holy Spirit. You have to be in tune. We have to set an atmosphere in our home where he's always welcome. So when somebody comes into the home, like we had a repair person come in the other day, repair guy, great guy, and um, he said, Mrs. Baker, I just want to tell you, I walked into your home, and it was just so full of peace. There's peace. Everywhere here. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, because we've worked hard to keep peace in the home So you could hear from God so I can hear from God So there's not any distractions when all these little, you know, demons try to come and Play with us, you know, but to live with you and during this war has been we're a little consumed because we're like Oh my goodness. We are actually in did we ever think we would actually be in Matthew 24? Did we ever think we'd actually be in Revelation?
1: Consumed is the right word. It's, all, it's I'm a, consumed. I know. Me too. 24 hours. We're
3: sleeping a few hours a night, <laughs> waking up and studying. and.
1: God called me to be a watchman. Yes. Actually, in prison. I, I didn't know before that that I was a watchman, but he, he said, I want you to be a watchman. Right. And, and he has given me, he showed me 9-11 a year and a half before it happened.
3: He did. And
1: he showed me that there would be bombing in Israel and e- even... Uh, What's the big city there in Israel? Tel Aviv. What Tel Aviv? And they haven't stopped, Mondo. No, right. I would tell you Tel Aviv is a target, mm-hmm. and it's going to be hit more without God's protection. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just telling you, God wants people to be prophets to be. Like myself, I'm, I'm supposed to be a watchman on the wall.
3: And you are. And that's the other thing you do. is uh, What I do is I keep notepads around, these little notepads around everywhere. Hmm. Because all of a sudden, he'll say something, Jim. You'll say something. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that was a word. Write it down. I write down the date, well, what he what, said, I, yeah, and okay I keep them yeah. around everywhere. I want to tell you
1: what a, what a watchman does. Th- this is my current week <laughs> of watchman notes. And uh, Ricky's going to do a uh, show with me. That's right? right.
0: Yep. That's right. What, you, what really, is your call? Your we're we're going go on Facebook Live. We're going to talk about all these notes that you've been getting jotting I, down. W-
1: I can't give them all on the air because I don't have enough time. But this is this is everything I've written down for the last few days. Mm-hmm. See, they're pages and pages. And, and pages. that's not including your notebooks oh and yeah. your notes. I didn't bring <laughs> my, <laughs> my notebooks is, today. <laughs> this is I I as a watchman I'm writing down. All Mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. And uh, can I call you Alex? Yes, yes you can. His name is Alexander Pagani. 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 (laughs) Pagani. (laughs) Sounds very Italian. I I want you to talk about this for me. Help me today. I'm so. I, I see what's coming, I know where we are. I believe that and many many brilliant people say that we're very near a third world war. I think maybe we're in the third world war. It, it seems like there's war everywhere. Right.
2: But biblically where do you think we are? You, you know as far as the third world War, that, I guess that's yet to be determined based on how far this goes. Mm-hmm. But I would say that this war that Israel in now, it's very significant. Mm-hmm. I think it sticks out a little bit different than, than, than the rest. Yeah. You know, so I think with this one, what I believe God could be saying is pay attention. Mm. Mm. Pay attention. Don't brush this off as just another Middle East crisis, Mm. like Mm. what we've been doing. Because we've been, as a Christian church, supporting Israel for years and covering uh, multiple wars. I, I think this one would be just as significant along the same lines or continuation of after the six day war Mm -hmm. and others at least in that capacity of something along those lines where don't brush this one off Mm -hmm. this is why the book of revelation uh would say this this happened that was of great significance Mm -hmm. it would say that in various chapters and what Mm -hmm. the author is trying to say which is john Mm -hmm. is saying in this chapter don't read it like the last chapter Mm -hmm. pay attention to what's going on in here Mm -hmm. and that's why the chapter will either open up saying, "This is of great significance," mm-hmm. and will end saying, "Let the reader pay attention." Yes, right. So I think at this moment, we need to see this as an event of great significance, yes. and in the church should pay attention. Yes. Yes. And therefore, I think we should be more on our knees, yes. at the altar, yes. hearing from God, yes. on, and asking God to do what He did with Israel. Yes. The tribe of Issachar would come. Yeah. And the tribe of Issachar, their primary focus was to understand the times mm-hmm. and the seasons. Mm-hmm. And the next verse says, "On oh, what Israel should do." I think what we should do is, Lord, tell us what we yes. need to do, rather than what we think we need to do. Because yeah. sometimes even what we think we need to do ends up be using against us, mm-hmm. because we end up misdiagnosing That's something. It. If we would just wait yes. and say, "Okay, God, what?" Wait, what, at the same time while being act, a- active. Right. We don't right. want to be silent and passive, you know. But Understand great significance and um, let the reader pay attention and what, what, sh- what do you want us to do? Mm-hmm. And right now I think is this, is use social media that is free now yeah. to get out what's really yeah. going on. Yeah. So okay. I would say, you know, it would be, it would be whoever who every that and even social media influ- influencer to at least be talking about this. Yeah. You know, and that way they could gear up the people that follow them mm. to be more proactive yeah. in standing behind Israel, whether they agree with everything or not. But at least understanding, uh, supporting the apple of the apple of God's eyes. So I think it's significant. Now, That's is it right. World War III? Is yet to be determined. But I would say it's, a, it's an it's an event of great significance, yeah. mm-hmm. and we should pay attention.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: I agree, that. Ricky.
1: You're a social mm. person. Yes. Mm-hmm. N- not only in person, but you uh, yeah. you're on social. <laughs>
0: That's Networking. right, we're heavy in the social media, that's right. Because the gospel has to be preached. We have a free avenue, as Dr. Alex was saying, Pastor w- w- Alex was okay. saying.
1: Okay, you're on, you're on social media, I'm not. Yes. I'm going <laughs> to tell people that, so don't write me on social media. I won't answer because I don't have one. I don't, that's I don't right, we one. run
0: all of his social accounts. So. Yes. I,
1: we, we put stuff out there yes. from the show, but I, I'm, if I read social media, I'd be in the grave. Yeah, <laughs> <I>, he doesn't <laughs> read. I gotta I, I don't because,
2: read anything. Don't stay know. away from the comments.
4: That's right. That's right. Whenever that's I the have, they hate, they they hate me that. so bad. Very dangerous. Their right. hate would
1: devour me. Yeah,
3: he can't handle
1: <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. you know it's, it's a jungle. Don't it give place to the devil. Amen. That's What yeah. the Bible says. <laughs> it's a so if something devours you, don't give place to it. So that's what I do. Okay. Yes, but I. So Ricky, I'm talking to you. Yes. So. Are you hearing anything about Israel on social media? Are people for and against Israel?
0: You know, we see, I would say, sadly, we are seeing a 50-50 split. Even within the own church, we are seeing a 50-50 split. People I know and I love are putting, you know, hashtag free Palestine. We're seeing things like, uh, trending like, Hitler was right is currently a trending oh. hashtag. Yeah. Can you believe that we live in the day and age where people would side with Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, but they say, "Hey, we're for love, we're for peace, we're for equality," but they're saying that Adolf Hitler was onto something. It's uh, sad to see that the church uh, isn't taking a strong Why could stance. you say why could church people say Hitler was right? Cuz they're deceived. That's the only that's, that's the only they answer need for deliverance. that. I mean, they need Hitler deliverance. was a monster. <laughs> need that's right. Yeah. From the they demonic. Put,
1: they put That's Jews right. in ovens.
0: That's right.
1: They they yeah. buried them in mass graves. They killed them by the millions.
0: And he was killing Christians too. People yes. you have to realize he was H- also Hilo killing Hilo Christians. was killing Christians too. Yes.
1: yes. But yet
2: I I don't understand it has to be demonic, pastor. No, no, no. Well, first first Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says many will fall away from the faith, yeah. giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. I think it all Balls down to what are they being taught in their churches what are they being taught in their churches what, right. what i've noticed is is that in the gospel we don't talk about this much but there's a group of people who it actually says that they're sincere but sincerely wrong it says the time is coming where other christians will kill christians and believe they're offering god service it That's actually right. says that that means that that christian genuinely oh believes that what they're doing is the right thing so i think that in order for a Christian to genuinely believe that they're doing the right thing and it really be the wrong thing, there has to be a grooming, wow. a grooming right. of wrong teaching that is being perpetuated in our pulpits yeah, all yeah. across America. And trust me, this is why if you want to stay in the business of being invited to preach and teach anywhere in the area of deliverance, it's, um, it's the perfect vocation Uh, TO JOIN BECAUSE THE PULPITS ALL ACROSS AMERICA ARE TEACHING FALSE DOCTRINE. IT'S Mm. LITERALLY EVERYWHERE. THE the DEVIL IS, NOT IN ALL PULPITS, BUT THE DEVIL IS LITERALLY TEACHING AND PREACHING PEOPLE LINES OF THINKING. THERE ARE WHOLE PEOPLE GROUPS, YOU KNOW, WHETHER EITHER MINORITY or whether, you know, um, they're disenfranchised, uh, maybe the inner city, mm. or maybe even in the suburbs. There's a lot of faulty oh. teaching, unbiblical teaching yeah. that That's is right. straying right. away from sound doctrine That's to right. more motivational That's preaching. Right. And then behind that, it's seducing spirits yeah. that are literally p- pushing that. Theolo- theological demons, that yeah. I call them theological demons, if there is such a thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You are, you've written a new book. It's called uh, yeah. The Secrets to Generational Curses. It's, mm. It's when you see these people in the streets and you see people, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I can't get over it. In, in the capital was a whole 500 people saying they're Jews and mm-hmm. they, they're they marching against Israel. Right.
2: Right.
1: And, and, and in the Arab world is generation after generation I don't know if that's a generational curse or not yeah. but but it is <laughs> okay but, but that,
2: that's okay, a l- real have general curse. Alex
3: talk to us about this Ta- yeah. talk to us about this book
2: would you well we probably have to do a multiple we amount of shows to, oh, yeah. <laughs> to kind of flesh out generational generational I mean, really everybody needs to get this book. right but Uh, First, let's just establish that God thinks in generations. Even one of his attributes of his name, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So ideally, he's always thinking generationally, all right? So also we find a heavy emphasis in the nation of Israel in them thinking generationally. So everything was information being passed down from one generation to the next. So we all know Uh, that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. I mean, if we can use that as a a phrase. Mm -hmm. The same is with generational curses. There is information being transferred from one generation to the next. And within each generation, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And here's what I've learned. All it takes is for one generation failing uh, to say something that the next generation doesn't even know exists. So oil takes us 40 years for another generation wow. to not know something existed. This is why the cho- uh, in, the, in the, the migration of the children of Israel, God was mad at the children of the children of Israel right. because it said they did not know the wars of Israel. They didn't know anything else going on. All it took was one generation. Wow. Well, that same principle can be applied in all facets and factors, which mm-hmm. means one family is filled with hatred. They transmit that to their children. Their children procreate, and then that narrative gets stronger within each each generation yeah. and then you find within the third and fourth generation that becoming the present day truth naturally to them so it's not like uh, at least with us we kind of have to untrain people to learn bad behavior mm-hmm. sometimes people are genetically which means born into hatred mm-hmm. so from so it's not just they're being yeah. taught hatred hatred is within their bloodline in their mm-hmm. DNA so they naturally have a hatred you know and i talk about this extensively um, THAT IT'S ALL THROUGHOUT THE SCRIPTURES. Yeah. IT'S ALL THROUGHOUT THE SCRIPTURES. YOU FIND THAT THE NATION OF EGYPT, it, THE BIBLE TALKS ABOUT it. THE NATION OF EGYPT, um, HAD A hatred FOR ISRAEL. This is, by the, THIS IS WHY WHEN JOSEPH CAME OUT OF PRISON, THEY HAD TO like CLEAN HIM UP AND EVERYTHING. AND THE TEXT SAYS THAT JOSEPH HAD TO EAT AT A SEPARATE TABLE BECAUSE THE EGYPTIANS HAVE A CONSIDERED IT AN ABOMINATION TO EAT WITH A HEBREW. THAT'S INFORMATION. Yeah. That's, yeah. THAT'S INFORMATION BEING uh, TAUGHT TO THEM genetically going from one generation to the next that continues to grow. But the great news is, is that Jesus is the curse breaker. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus can break the middle wall of partition between any two groups of people. So that's kind of like, so I wrote a book on this and I kind of get into more on the ministry of deliverance, but it fits in the narrative of what's happening in our country today and in the world today, because it's all information being passed down from one generation to the next. Mm -hmm. It's two brothers arguing. Right. What now what we're seeing overseas is yeah, just yeah. two brothers arguing. It's that's it. You're seeing. seeing Ishmael and Isaac yeah, arguing, and it. that information is getting stronger and stronger. Well, how many? 3,500 years later, wow. yeah. it's just there.
5: Oh it's my died. God! It just
2: came from there. Yeah. You can feel it. There's certain cities that are under Palestinian control, yeah. and some bus drivers. Some of our bus drivers mm-hmm. were told we can't get off the bus because it is illegal to put our feet on the ground on Palestinian territory. And I was just like, I was blown away. We were heartbroken, we were heartbroken Mm -hmm. because the media doesn't really talk about that, but we were actually there, we witnessed it. And it's really there. And at the end of the day, we're really all human. Mm -hmm. We're all human trying to get acceptance from a God that we we know loves us, but that information is actually being blocked, Mm -hmm. It's being blocked. You know, so but we can kind of flesh that out more. But we, I talk wow. about it a little bit uh, in my book because I, there's a chapter that's dedicated here uh, to the generational curse of prejudice and racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's there. So it's just, there's a lot of it is genetic. Yeah. Wow. A lot
3: of it's genetic.
2: Wow. So, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. I want to know
1: more about the book. <laughs> I,
3: and how do we get to a liver? If, I mean, uh,
1: I, I'm talking about now generational.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm concerned. When I see families that are having serious generational curse, you can see that in the line. But right.
2: how do you break that? Well, number one, the cross breaks it. Yes. yes that's it. Jesus them. became the Thank curse you for you us. Jesus. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end at the cross, it begins right. at yeah, the cross. It. So it's an ongoing sanctification work of appropriating mm-hmm. and enforcing the efficacy of Christ's work on the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, at salvation, here's what, what I think needs to be taught accurately you know, Jesus' work on the cross broke the power of sin, not the presence of sin. Mm. Wow. The cross broke the power yeah. of the curse. Mm not the presence of curses. Mm-hmm. So this is why we find in the Lord's prayer, mm-hmm. Lord, deliver me. Yeah. Wow. It's actually in the prayer, which yeah. means there's a daily deliverance. Yeah. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us a our daily bread. Mm-hmm. You know, forgive us our trespasses, obviously the forgiveness, that's salvation. And then he goes, deliver yeah. me from the evil one. Yes. So, um, but most Christians aren't taught that because they're taught that at salvation... The deliverance process is done one time. I'm able to tell you it's the initial process, but it begins a sanctifying yes. work that yes. continues to keep going. And we find that in the book of First John, but actually says, you know, if you confess your sins, faithful yeah. and just to forgive us to, and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Yeah. So I'm trying to highlight that because you get it. a lot of Christians that get saved and they think they don't need deliverance. Yeah. They'll just say, I'm delivered. I got. I accepted Christ. And you find that some of the most anointed people be the most yeah. nastiest people. Wow. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. We Boy. call them
2: nice nasty in New York <laughs> <laughs> City, you know. Nice they prophesy tip. in the church, but they're nasty and curse you out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. I those. No. <laughs> no, I'm glad I could say that here because they it's told me true. that you're just like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, Absolutely. I'm was concerned that I'd be a little bit too much of a New Yorker, and no. they specifically, oh, you, Ricky, like told me. He said, "No, he said, Pastor Jim is just as wild as you." Yeah, so yeah. I might Praise get a real God. stirred up, Pastor. You, <laughs> you no. might yeah, get yeah, this
3: yeah, guy yeah, real yeah. stirred up. Yeah, oh man, man. <laughs> he's eighty-three years old, almost going on to eighty-four. He's almost eighty-four in a few months. And so. I've
5: seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know what's so funny? You said that, Pastor, is because when I got saved, yeah. good. The first person I encounter the next day at church was a Cuban pastor that was a former Satanist, oh, played with Santeria and got delivered and became the deliverance pastor for the Latino church in the community. As I'm walking into the church for the first time after the first night, the first thing he goes to me and says, you need to be delivered <laughs> if you're going to survive in yes, Christianity. Right. Go to my office right now. We're going to lay hands on you and deliver every <laughs> devil out of you yeah. I didn't know what I was getting into but I can tell you that that was the foundation and the reason why I still sit here today mm-hmm. is because he allowed me to understand that if I was gonna survive in Christian listen you think the streets is tough there is nothing like being and serving in inside of ministry inside of church Christian in, streets. In Christianity yeah. the Christian streets <laughs> is Christian a lot streets. more tougher because at least you know who you're dealing with in the streets. Come on. Uh-oh. And church is a little different situation. But the first time my experience of deliverance was that next day yeah. on Sunday morning, and this pastor lay hands on me, not just for five minutes. I think he spent about three hours. <laughs> but I can tell you that was the foundation to understand the yeah. baggage that yeah. I was carrying. Oh, Imagine this. Because I think about it daily, because people ask me all the time, how have you been able to stay 25 years under the ministry of Pastor Jim and Lori? Mm-hmm. And I thought about it over and over because my baggage could have sunk this ship a long time ago. Your baggage, your baggage, I your baggage. Moment, like I the- <laughs> <laughs> but it made me understand, and you said something earlier. When you hang out with the prophets and the watchmen on the wall, I saw it early I was going this way and pastor was going this way and I said wait a minute God something is wrong here why am I going this way and he's staying over here I can't hear what he's hearing I don't understand what he's saying God helped me to understand how to align with what he's hearing and what you're showing him so I can serve the ministry better but I can have a better relationship with you Christ right I BELIEVE the, THE FOUNDATION, AND THIS IS WHY THIS BOOK TOUCHED ME DEEPLY, yes. BECAUSE IT began TO HELP ME UNDERSTAND I CANNOT DO THIS TO MY SON. That's I CAN'T right. DO THIS Amen. TO MY DAUGHTER. Yes. WHEN MY FATHER WAS MURDERED, THE FIRST THING I WANTED TO DO, DAD, WAS GET VENGEANCE. WOW. BECAUSE I KNEW HOW TO GET VENGEANCE. That's, but right, the because moment, THAT'S WHAT YOU WERE TAUGHT. THAT'S WHAT I WAS TAUGHT. BUT IN THAT MOMENT, THE HOLY SPIRIT SAID IF YOU TAKE ONE STEP OF VENGEANCE Is going to fall to your son now,
4: Mm. and there's Mm. no
5: escaping that. If you don't forgive now, your son has to deal with your sin. It only came through the revelation of understanding how to serve you, because I understood at that moment when I went, you had already taught me, one, how to hear from God, two, how to forgive those that hurt you from your heart. And I believe that we're dealing with a spiritual situation in the church, outside of the church, of unforgiveness. Mm. Number one, right. and number two, deliverance. Yeah, we don't want to tie like, a cuss word in the church. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be quiet. You're the guest. Yeah. Mm.
1: I want you to order his book. Yeah. I really mean this. This hey. book is breaking the strongholds in the bloodline. Yeah. It's the secrets to generational curses. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, there is so much demon power in the world right now. Mm-hmm. We we in the church have got to cast out devils. I'll yeah. tell you, we've got to deal yes. with these demons. We've got to deal with this generational curse that's mm-hmm. upon some families. And, some, and you don't have to put up with it. Amen. That's right. We're in the king's household. Yes. Amen. Yes, that's we are. Amen. His father tell his me more about breaking that curse. I, I want everybody to order your book. Mm-hmm. And you can just go online, and it'll come right to your house, right from Charisma. Right. My dear friends at Charisma published mm-hmm. this book,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and they, don't, they only publish good oh books, so you want to get this book, mm-hmm. The Secrets to Generational Curses. We, we've got to deal with this, people, because we're living. I mean, I, 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 I watch America right now, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Could I confess something to you? I shouldn't probably. <laughs> but if I wasn't a preacher, I would I would seek God right now of uh, some place I could move where there would be peace and safety because America is turned evil.
3: Mm,
1: turned Our evil. leaders are evil. Mm. I'm, I'm, wa- I'm watching the Senate. Uh, the con- the uh, house—they house. The can't even get a leader. Like they won't even vote for themselves, their own
5: people. A house divided. Yeah,
1: it's divided. We are living yeah. in perilous times, people. These are the end times.
3: They yeah, really are. Mm-hmm.
1: Stay right with God eh, yeah. first of all, because no matter what happens, we just go to be with the Lord. Amen. I'm I'm planning a big. Reunion for you. Mm-hmm. I want all you there. I'm inviting all the people watch the show over the years. I'm hoping all the 10 million people I led to Jesus over <laughs> the last 50 years, mm-hmm. I want to meet them all together. Mm-hmm. I want to have a big party <laughs> and say, mm-hmm. la, 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 <laughs> we all made it, we made it. Praise God. I but can't to wait to stand Jesus around it Jesus. It. I, I, so heaven's real. Don't, don't yeah. you believe
2: yeah. that... Oh, the only way out of here 100%. is going to be Jesus. It's through Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. By faith alone, through Christ alone, yeah. by the word of God. But we've got to break 100%. this
1: spirit yeah. off our families, off ourselves. Tell me some secrets before we go off the air today and, I, and what people can read in your book. I, go ahead. You can order the book and it will be delivered right to your house in a few days. Right? trick from charisma they'll they'll send it right to you
2: well the first thing i think uh we need to establish is is that everything is not a curse yeah. and everything is not a demon mm-hmm. let's just kind of okay, throw that it. let's kind of throw it. that out yeah. there okay. I like what i'm presenting is is that when it is a curse mm-hmm. what do you do yeah. Yeah. yeah the average christian doesn't know what to do that's because right. we've been told that that option is non existent mm. so this is i think the first thing is identify if you potentially have one and yeah. i have a it's three ways that, that you can kind of find it. You know, number one, if it can be crucified, then you know you don't need to go further. Then it's a flesh issue. Right. But if after you crucify it and the problem persists, then it's a demon. Mm. Then you go through a deliverance session. If after you go through the deliverance session and the problem is still persisting, then it's a generational curse, mm. which means a pattern of behavior or a pattern or a line of thinking that you see that keeps uh, habitually coming up between one person or the next generation. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be within a family. There can be a corporate religious curse over a church where every pastor that joins that church doesn't last long, you know, either dies prematurely or ends in fornication or something, you know. Uh, sometimes you could see it over a region. A particular region can be the same thing existing over and over again. So technically, it's a pattern wow. of behavior um, that the courtroom of heaven has deemed um, cursed based on what they've done. And then there's a penalty. The penalty is what God says, this is what's going to happen as a result of this particular uh, actions that you that you're doing let me give you an example of what will open a door to a curse idolatry Mm -hmm. witchcraft you know we're seeing now pastors practicing new ageism Mm. on the pulpit you know uh, uh you know practicing idolatry in the church Mm-mm. 100% that house is cursed. And I'd say run for your life and find yourself a good uh, Bible teaching, sound Amen. pastor that's mm-hmm. loving the Lord, yeah. you know. But that's an example. So here's what happens. The pastor gets replaced and then the next pastor comes and then just reinforces that. Right. And it just kind of continues and mm-hmm. it just keeps going and going. Mm-hmm. So the house has a corporate curse. Mm-hmm. Now, this is how you actually begin to do it and begin to ask God in the few moments that we have is this, fasting. Yeah. Mm. fasting without a shadow of a doubt because
3: jesus said this kind these kind he says this
2: kind doesn't come out but by prayer Mm. and fasting so the answer is a return to real intercession Mm -hmm. not praying what we pray in our times of prayer lord what is truly going on and the only way you get the answer to that is the fasting Mm -hmm. aspect of it it's so true why because Isaiah chapter 58 says, is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, that means the ropes of wickedness. Mm. So the first step, and I kind of get more into it into my book and in other steps, but ideally the disciples said, why couldn't we fix this problem with a normal deliverance session? Why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said, this kind, Mm -hmm. this particular kind is a bloodline issue. And you have Mm. to seek it through fasting and prayer. And when you begin to fast and pray, the courtroom of heaven opens up mm. and now you begin to deal with things on a courtroom level wow. mm. and then now you can really yeah. instead here's what's his was crazy and i'm sure that you've had guests talking about uh about courtroom stuff because i watched the program sure. but the word intercession is the word it doesn't mean prayer it means plea mm. it means plea that's mm. a courtroom term mm. so when we intercede yeah. what we're doing is courtroom deliberation we are plea yeah. bargaining And you and I know what that (laughs) is. (laughs) You know, I was offered 21, and my lawyer interceded for me, and I took a plea bargain, and I got it narrowed down to Mm 9. Well, Mm. Abraham did that. With the three guests in his home, Mm. the the decree was destroy Sodom. And he said, hold on, if I find 50 righteous in there. Mm. He narrowed him down to 10. That was... Abraham interceding or plea bargaining with God. And guess what? Our God is a good God. And if you're watching me, I don't care. What generational curse is active in your life? If you cry out to the righteous judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is your advocate, will intercede for you. Do it now, wherever you're watching this, either live or on a replay. And I guarantee you, he is the propitiation for your sin, but not only that, he is the advocate, and he will plead bargain. I'm here to tell you, your bloodline don't have to go and be in debacle and debauchery. There is a bloodline breaker. Yeah. His name is Jesus Thank Christ. Cry God. out to him Praise and God. he will break Amen. the curse in Jesus' mighty name. You. Amen. Amen.
5: You got me started, sir. Oh. Oh. I'm preaching yeah. here. Blood yeah. the that's the power of the Amen. blood of Jesus yes, Christ. Is. That is the only <laughs>
1: power in this day that's going to yeah. make you whole Amen. and get you through. Oh, people, let's stand with Jesus. The king is coming back.
3: Yes, he is.
1: I want you to be on his side. I have to go. Time's gone. Don't miss our next program. I, I just believe that we're very, very into the last days. This year is not going to be a happy, happy year. I have people tell me they're not even sure we're even going to have Christmas, but I, we always have Christmas no matter what. We're going to celebrate the birthday of Jesus. God loves you. God loves you. He really does. Bye-bye for today.
6: Bye-bye. We love you. We want to thank you for your prayers and support. We would not be able to be here without you.